0: Hello and welcome everyone to The Rob Rousseau so Show, the podcast. Wishing a, a very solemn 9-11 to those who observe. Thanks for joining me today. Today on the show I've got Duncan Kinney joining me. Duncan Kinney of the Progress Report and Press Progress. We are going to be speaking about uh, Alberta, Jason Kenney, the election, and Duncan's very serious, very real Senate campaign that is that is happening right now. He's gonna be joining the show in just a moment. Remember, if you wanna support The Rob so Show, you can do so by heading on over to patreon.com slash TRRS is also a proud member of the Harbinger Media Network. Please consider supporting Harbinger over at www.harbingermedianetwork.com. It's home to a number of really great podcasts, such as uh, Big Shiny Takes, uh, Off Court Pod, and the very exclusive Harbinger Society Presents. And again, I'll just remind you that if you enjoy listening to The Rob Russo Show, the podcast, uh, you can catch TRRS live three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to 4 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash Rob Rousseau. Please consider coming over there to join the community. We have a great time over there and make sure you ask about the friendship triangle. That's all for now. Let's get to my conversation with Duncan Kinney. Okay, folks, I'm gonna bring on a guest, okay? Is that okay with you? I'm going to bring on a guest. It's Duncan Kinney from the Progress Report from Press Progress. We're going to talk more about the debate with Duncan. Duncan's also going to talk to us about his very important and serious Senate campaign that is happening right now. Hello, Duncan.
1: Hello, Rob. You simply use the computer to mark up the uh, size of the account. Yeah, you know, as good as can be expected.
0: Yeah, yeah, thanks for joining us. I'm going to have to. to... Yeah, thanks. I'm gonna to have to. Mute. I've got. I've got jokers in the chat, really rudely interrupting me by giving me money. Very kind of cool. rude. I'm trying to have an important conversation. People are disrupting it by gifting subscriptions and stuff. Very, very unfortunate. Um, thanks for joining us, Duncan. I'm happy you could come on.
1: Very cool. I- appreciate you having me here uh I, for some reason zoom just like stuck this background on my <laughs> yeah, calls now and I, like- i'm like i'm not mad about it it's like there's a brick wall behind me the brick wall is nice but <laughs> yeah. i'll take i'll take the galaxy.
0: i like it yeah it's it's really like a galaxy brain kind of thing um so Duncan, we were just talking about the debate did you watch the debate last night
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah. fucking not no no oh, no not.
0: Yeah, it's like I've I never watched these live. I watched it live because I was like covering it for the breach and we were doing some like live recap stuff. And like, after about an hour into this thing, I was like, no wonder I never watched this is awful. Like this is making me feel physically bad to look at this.
1: I have a very firm, like no debate policy. uh, and, And I firmly believe that debates are bad, and that we should stop having them. I think debate clubs. In high schools and universities are some of the most pernicious social organizations that exist. And um, yeah, I, I'm very much in the anti-debate camp.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we're in total agreement on this. And we're also the, we're in, in anti-debaters over here. Everyone knows this about me as well. But unfortunately, just for my work, I was just was forced to watch this last night um to make sense of it. Did you catch any of the highlights or anything like that? Like, did you ab, have no, yeah, any, ab, ab, just completely, completely not. radio no. silence? Okay, I went.
1: I, I went out and got some. I went out and door knocked in my neighborhood and I talked to some of my neighbors and I collected some nomination signatures for my Senate run. And I gave my daughter a bath and uh, put her to bed. And I mean, I kind of saw some of the stuff wash over me on Twitter, but I yeah. did not see any video of the debate. I didn't click any links. I did not watch it. I uh, again. I, my, my condolences to you for having to do so. I mean, I mean, my, my guesstimation is that like one out of every 12 debates matters yeah, and the rest are just God fucking awful. And you cannot make me, unless you are paying me, you cannot like make me take time out of my day to actually pay it like on the, in the, like the, what the 8% chance that the debate actually fucking matters, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Well, you'll be
0: surprised to know. I mean, I've been a big critic of Justin Trudeau. We often talk about climate and the climate targets that he's not hitting and how he's talked a lot about, about doing good things in terms of climate policy and not acting on it. So I was surprised actually last night when Justin Trudeau in the, in the debate was like, no, no, actually things are going really great and we are hitting those targets. And all the experts really like my climate plan and they hate everyone else's plan. And I was like, damn, I was really mistaken about this. So that's why I learned, that's what I learned by watching this that I wouldn't have picked up otherwise
1: yeah I mean, according to mark jacquard uh Justin Trudeau and the federal levels have the most on a scale of one to ten their plan is their climate plan is the most sincere yeah which which is not uh in fact a bullshit made up metric <laughs> that just gave the liberals the like best rating on this guy's subjective climate sincerity rating scale that like for this bullshit paper that he wrote, and it was then credibly covered by the media, like it was
0: yeah. Can you explain who this guy is? Because we were talking about that, how Justin, he kept saying this, the experts, the experts are all saying they give me an A plus and they give the NDP an F. The experts are all saying that I'm actually the good climate guy. Can you
1: explain who this guy is? This one expert, which apparently has formed this consensus? I mean, I'm not fully up to date on Mark Jacquard. I know, I I think he works at the UBC. He is an economist and he is the kind of economist that like firmly believes in the power of both the market and, and that the market can be like, encouraged with some light regulations uh, and that like we don't actually have to nationalize things. We don't actually have to, um, you know, take the drastic action that's required on climate and that we can just kind of like Obama, we can take like Obama-like nudges towards encouraging capital and people to do the right thing when it comes to climate and that will be enough. You know, some people were talking about his connections to the climate industry or the energy industry. I am unaware of those connections, but like, you know, uh, he's just like of these class of kind of like truly embedded within the discourse, like you know, market economists who think that like that will be the that will solve our problems when it's like quite clear that like uh, you know, climate change is is a species defining and and existential question for our species, and that like capitalism is how we fucking got here. It's not what's going to fix it. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so not only are we both vindicated in this never debate stance, but I'm also vindicated in my stance that we need to just ban all study of economics. It's a, just completely fake discipline. We have to completely just make it illegal, actually, is what I would at suggest.
1: The, at the very least, economists should have as much effect on the discourse as like poets do. <laughs> like, like they should just yeah. be equal. That's yeah. all I'm asking. yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: even poets can have you read a nice poem and it gives you the sense of catharsis. Like, it's kind of nice. Economists don't really even offer that, though. It just makes me feel bad to read everything that they have
1: to say. I mean, it depends about how you feel about graphs. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, it it is – I mean, studying economics, fine, should economists be looked upon as like – these people who have cracked the secret code to fucking how our society works and how it should be ordered and how it should be run absolutely fucking not and like again put them next to the like sociologists and the poets and the like other like random ass liberal you know quote unquote sciences that that don't get leaned on in order to kind of order and run our society right
0: yeah yeah i also don't think that they should be looked at as people either um (laughs) we're going to get to your um senate campaign your very important very serious senate campaign that's happening right now mm-hmm. um before we touch on that uh can you just give us an update about specifically what is going on in Alberta at the moment uh, obviously covid has been a bit developed into this fourth wave has developed into a very serious crisis jason kenney doesn't seem like his, his leadership is really doing a whole lot to circumvent this can you just give us an Alberta update and let know let us know like What is going on out there at
1: the moment? Yeah, we are the dog drinking coffee in in the cartoon where everything is on fire. Yeah, so (laughs) uh, yes, our dear leader Jason Kenney triumphantly declared that the pandemic was over, that we that Alberta was going to have the best summer ever. Uh, These are things he actually said. Um, uh, Alberta was open for summer, and kind of he triumphantly removed almost every single COVID restriction uh, prior to. Our Calgary Stampede happening here in Alberta, ah. and uh, and predictably, and as he was warned uh, by many people, experts and lay people alike, getting rid of every single COVID restriction, you know, right as you were licking it, right, like right as the third wave was coming down, right as you you had COVID on the ropes, uh, predictably led to a fourth wave, and the fourth wave in Alberta has. Been the worst wave when it comes to uh, the effects on our healthcare system, and we are handling every like everyone is kind of in the midst of a little fourth wave, yeah. but Alberta is is Alberta's is the fucking worst, and it is because of the decisions made by our political leadership and our public health professionals to essentially abandon uh, all restrictions that would uh, you know limit the spread of the virus. It was essentially like. Alberta is the natural experiment for like the great Barrington declaration in fucking in real life. And like our healthcare system is crumbling. Uh, All elective surgeries are canceled in the province. Uh, Elective is uh, a a bit of a term of art. It just means surgery where you won't die. The surgeries that you can put off for a week or two or a month where you won't immediately die, those have been put off. And the reason those have been canceled is because sometimes uh, those people end up in the ICU either as part of their planned recovery or just as complications from their surgery. And like we literally do not have the space in our ICU system just to handle the regular flow of people that would come from having surgery, <laughs> uh, yeah. like surgeries to like remove brain tum- tumors. Like there's a guy who went viral on Twitter here in Alberta who was like, "Here's the scan of my brain. Here's this giant brain tumor as- that you can see. I was just told that my surgery has been." S- delayed for until you know tbd we'll see when i get in yeah you know like that is that is the state of uh the province in which i live
0: amazing uh, it's uh
1: that's yeah it's horrible um so it's kind of seems like
0: it kind of seems like the mismanagement of this pandemic on the part of people like jason kenney and other conservative premiers like doug ford uh brian pallister throughout the country it seems like this was kind of part of trudeau's election calculation right that you can call this election people are going to have this resentment towards the way that they very clearly mismanaged this and which we i don't think that's arguable in any way um that these conservative premiers have completely bungled this uh all over the country so i think that was part of this calculation of like people are going to be so angry at the conservatives that like we're going to sail to this new this new mandate um do do you think that's part of like why why trudeau did call this election and which has now blown up in his face
1: I mean, that's a very interesting theory. I mean, I, I am not, I, I hate federal politics. I hate electoral politics in general. But like, who knows what, what is going through Justin Trudeau's brain and, his, and and the brains of his close advisors. I think they saw an opportunity. They thought they could fucking just do it, get it done, and have an election and finally cement a majority and stop having to deal with all those other parties. But yeah, like it's, people don't like Justin. You know, the fucking shine is off. People see this election as unnecessary and stupid, and then he's getting punished for it.
0: So. Yeah, and he's getting protested a lot by this very like highly reactionary kind of far right element that seemed to be kind of like circling around the People's Party. A lot of that is kind of based in Alberta, right? Like, there's a big, there's a strong base for that kind of a that kind of a crypto fascist movement. I mean, the crypto is disappearing, uh, uh, you know, more and more every day. Um, but that's the kind of thing that I'm wondering about is if, uh, is if whether when it comes time to this election, whether these folks who kind of style themselves as these, these far right guys who they'll criticize Jason and they'll criticize Aaron O'Toole for being, you know, closeted liberals or whatever. Um, I still kind of feel like a lot of these folks are going to, are, are going to end up, uh, working to, with whoever's going to get Trudeau, uh,
1: out of office faster, um, that seems like yeah. a possible scenario that we're facing within a couple of days. I mean, usually I am I am all for unruly mobs making the lives of politicians uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, but in, in this in this case, we have a bunch of like radicalized, you know, white supremacist or white supremacist adjacent people, right? And and it's really been one thing after another. Like it started with, you know, the Syrian refugees and like anti-immigrant Roxham Road stuff. And it progressed to the, the then moved to the yellow vesters. And then from the yellow vesters, it moved to this, uh, to the pandemic. And we've seen these like anti-mask, anti-vax, uh, anti kind of any health restrictions, any public public health restrictions against COVID. And, and then those people have migrated now to kind of harassing Justin Trudeau, uh, wherever he may be and throw, pelting him with gravel or um you know making him and his supporters feel uncomfortable and unsafe i mean i i do not love to see uh you know these radicalized white supremacists taking up space in the discourse uh and and generally kind of like might maybe even like handing this election to trudeau like it's the 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 wild thing here is that like you know people are looking at at these like crazies you yeah know, harassing trudeau saying that he should be you know hung for trees and this that and the other thing disrupting his events and they're like oh you know maybe justin trudeau isn't all bad if these are the people that are mad at him you know like it's yeah it's uh it sucks what i'm saying is electoral politics sucks canada sucks <laughs> i'm sorry to force you to talk about this i know you hate it we, we live in a hellscape yeah and and it's not like <laughs> i mean i don't know when we're gonna how we're gonna get to the senate election thing but like the senate election thing here in alberta The political stakes are very low, right? Like, um, we don't elect senators in this country. Uh, The the Senate elections that are taking place in Alberta do not elect a senator. Yeah, Uh, what they are are doing is they are electing uh, a person, (laughs) the winner of these elections, gets to have Jason Kenney write a letter to the prime minister saying, pretty please, will you make this person a senator? We held an election and we think that they should be a senator that's it okay and so and so the, the political stakes are very low right like this is not a real election but the comedy stakes if i win, very high yeah very high exactly so <laughs> that is the kind of electoral politics that i am here for and that i am taking part in
0: yeah and, and I-, I appreciate that so tell me about your campaign like when did you when did you get it in your mind that you wanted to like go ahead with this thing and like um tell me how it's been going like have you been have you been Knocking on doors and talking to people about this, like, what's been the reaction? Uh, to I mean, this, the camp- this very the campaign serious is,
1: campaign. The campaign is is the campaign is serious enough in that I I am taking steps to follow all the rules to get on the ballot. So uh, this uh, uh, these Senate elections here in Alberta are like a quasi regular kind of event. Uh, we've had five since 1989. And really, it's just like, you know, Reform Party, Western Canadian grievance politics, right? And it's an excuse to say, well, Parliament isn't working, so let's make the Senate better. And then, well, back in 89, when they had the first one, the Reform Party ran a squeeze play essentially on both the conservative, the progressive conservative Premier of Alberta at the time, Don Getty, and on the conservative Prime Minister, Brian Mulroney. They were saying, if you don't hold these things, we're going to fucking run you out of office, you're dead. You're toast. Listen to what we say or we'll, we'll, we'll mess with you. And then in 1993, I mean, the Progressive Conservatives got wiped off the map anyways. But it, in 1989, Alberta had its first Senate election. They elected some Reform Party old head whose name escapes me. But uh, one thing I do know about him is that he was an enthusiastic supporter of apartheid South Africa. Hmm. And that shortly after, and that Brian Mulroney actually acquiesced to this, uh, this, uh, Senate uh, election and appointed to the Senate, but then he like died of brain cancer, like nine months later. So it's like, uh, whatever. Right? uh, I knew very Jason, Kenny kind of Jason, Kenney, yeah, very unfortunate, uh, Jason Kenny revived this, this Senate election tradition, uh, here last year. Like he it had to, he had to pass a law, it had to go through the, the legislature and, it's like I'm an independent journalist here in Alberta. I keep track of of what that guy gets up to and what's going on here. And so I saw this bill kind of winning its way through and I and I and I saw an opportunity to, to make a mockery of it, right? Like the only people who run for Senate are people who like actually believe in the Senate elections, who actually believe that they'll be senators. Like the NDP aren't running candidates, the liberals aren't running candidates. Uh, and for good reason, right? Like it's a sham process; it's a sham election. Why? Why dignify it with your presence? I however, the whole institution
0: of the Senate is just stupid that it even exists in the first place. Yes,
1: I mean we need to abolish the Senate. It's an anti-democratic holdover from like the aristocratic feudal days. Uh, and and it, it, I mean I despise the institution itself. But I, I saw an opportunity to essentially stand on my hind legs and you know, scream from the rooftops. I'm just going to start mixing metaphors like Tom Freeman here, yeah. uh, that, that the election is bullshit. And, um, you know, if you don't like Jason Kenney, like my whole pitch to the electorate, such as it is, is, is if you don't like Jason Kenney, and there are a lot of people who don't like Jason Kenney in Alberta right now, like his popularity is cratered. His handling of COVID has been disastrous. People fucking hate this guy. And so my, my entire pitch is if you don't like Jason Kenney, vote for me for Senate. It's, it'll be very funny. Yeah, that's it.
0: You can own you can own Jason Kenney by by electing Duncan Kenney to Senate, or putting him on the putting him on the special request line uh,
1: to to become. I believe I get to. I believe I get to call myself a senator in waiting, uh, which (laughs) I will do. I will put that in my Twitter bio. I'll put that in my email signatures. I will put it on my LinkedIn. Uh, I promise that I will be insufferably call myself a senator in waiting for the rest of my life if the good people of Alberta uh, decide to, uh, to, to elect me, elect me a Senator.
0: I would be happy to have a Senator in waiting friend of the show. That'd be really like prestigious for, for my whole career to, as well. So.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's always very funny. Like I did a newspaper interview with someone uh, yesterday, uh, someone from the medicine hat news. They're like, so what would you do if you were a Senator? And it's like, look, like I have to preface this question by saying, like, there's a very, very, very small chance of me ever being a Senator. Like I'm not <laughs> running to be a Senator but i promise to approach the senate with as much respect as the institution deserves and uh, i didn't say this in my interview but i've said this to other people which is just like i, I would shin feign it which is essentially just like not show up or yeah. show up as little as possible in order to collect the checks like it, the, the the amount of times that the senate is debating substantial stuff is is quite infrequent right like I might, if I was a senator, I would show up to definitely scream at my fellow senators every time, you know, the government is like legislating workers back to work. You know, if I was yeah. a senator, I would definitely be out getting arrested on picket lines a whole lot more if, you know, my legal fees were covered. Um, you know, that kind of shit. That, yeah. if, if I was a senator, I mean, one of my bits on Twitter is like, if I was a senator, I would fix this stupid thing.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but if I was a senator, I would definitely be uh, rowdy. Uh, on
0: a pick and line. Oh yeah, we love it. um Well, I guess Duncan. The last thing I want to ask about, um and we wish you the best of luck, by the way, in the Senate campaign. If, I hope I encourage all my viewers and listeners to to vote for Duncan in his very official, very real Senate campaign. Um, a big storyline out of Alberta. I mean, we talked about Jason Kenney and how unpopular he is, and as we all know, he was able to take power after the NDP was did have a brief period of stewardship of this province. Um, and you had a lot of people like on the left, really trying to pressure the NDP to be better to like initiate this just transition for, for, uh, you know, fossil fuel workers in Alberta, to kind of do things differently. And they were kind of like repeatedly rebuked at every turn, uh, and saying, no, 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 we have to play nicely with the pipeline companies, we have to be like the nice oil, the nice pipeline, uh, you know, um, political party, uh, and which led to them just being decimated at the next election and led to Jesse Jason Kenny taking power and rolling back a lot of the good things that they did try to do. Um so I guess the, like, from your perspective as a journalist in Alberta um has like the left in Alberta or like the professional left do you think they've learned any lessons at all from the whole from the basically the last decade of politics there or is it is it still business as usual like is the NDP approaching getting their act together does anyone have a, has a plan to like take this very real outrage that people are feeling about Kenny and translate that into like real meaningful like political action? Is that a possibility on the horizon right now, or is it st- is it still just sort of like mired in in you know the the swamps?
1: Uh, I regret to inform you that the, the same people who mm. were in charge of the Alberta NDP when they were in government are still in charge of the Alberta NDP now, and so uh. um, they uh, they they do not believe in doing. They're not doing politics any differently now than when they were in power. And so, yeah, that means exactly what the, the stuff that you talked about, right? They're not interested in challenging capital, especially fossil fuel capital in this province. Uh, and you know, this was this was a you know a provincial NDP here in Alberta that was an enthusiastic champion of pipelines everywhere, all at once, wherever they could get them. When they were in power, like when they were in opposition, they were, it was a little more nuanced. There were some that they there were some pipelines they liked, there were some pipelines they didn't like. But once they were in power, it was just rah rah. We love oil and gas. And Which is that- weird how
0: that didn't that didn't that didn't make their conservative attacks that they were the anti-pipeline uh, eco terrorists any less potent. It seems like they didn't do that four D chess move. Just didn't quite work to uh, to take away those attack lines before they happened. Who would've, who would have thought?
1: Crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're never going to convince reactionaries that you're the pipeline party that you're the reactionaries when they have the reactionaries right there. They have them at home. They know what they look like they say the things that matter to them and they don't have the taint of, 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 of orange and the NDP on them. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's not uh, super encouraging, like, like from a strictly um, like material difference, like getting Jason Kenney out for the Albert NDP will caught will improve the lives of many people. Like they are, they're so vindictive and cruel and just incompetent that getting them out uh, which seems likely, but won't happen until twenty twenty three, will improve you know my life and the lives of of, of millions of people here in Alberta. But the uh, like this is why you know I I hate electoral politics. Like to to put your hope in these people is is folly. Right, that they're actually going to meaningfully challenge capital or to, or to create a society where we are able to take care of each other in a humane way. Um, Yeah, like that's on us. Uh, And to think that political parties are going to do that, I think we have enough experience to know that that is simply not the case, that it's up to us uh, to create powerful enough uh, social movements and to work within, uh, you know, with, with working with the working class institutions that we have in order to put pressure on power, no matter who's in power, in order to kind of build the society that we want. Yeah, well, hopefully
0: you could be such a movement leader if you were elected to the Senate. And I have just to, before you go, Duncan. I got one question from the chat. I wanted to read to you, uh, and the question is from Pelicans One, Two, Three. Duncan, would you use your Senate office to find the truth about Justin Trudeau's father?
1: <laughs> yes, a special select committee on uh, the, the 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 Trudeau family trip to Cuba in nineteen I don't yeah. know, seventy-two. wherever, whatever the year before Justin was born or whatever. Yeah. What
0: we need to find out, what, what did they know and when did they know it? We need to find truly, out,
1: truly, truly one of the like uh best conspiracy theories. Out it there. really is, yeah. As I pointed out before,
0: Justin. yeah, it, it joined, he would join the long tradition of of neoliberal failed children of, of radical Marxist parents. You know, there's a glorious tradition in the West here. So, honestly, you know,
1: the coolest thing about Justin is that he like w- defends uh castro from time to time and then he has defended him in the past and when he died he like clearly wrote that letter that like he wrote though it was on official government of canada letterhead like like that's like the one kind of like relatable awesome thing about justin to be honest is the fact that he has a soft spot for castro
0: sometimes you do have to hand it to him unfortunately i I take no pleasure in reporting this (laughs) as i said i tried to i tried to say one supportive thing about Trudeau, and many people were being very mean to me afterwards and suggesting that i was slanderously suggesting that i was some kind of a liberal supporter or calling me things like rob trudeau which is a, i thought very unfair and possibly illegal i'd have to look into that with my my
1: you, yeah i would call the cops to be honest yeah, yeah that's just <laughs> unacceptable
0: yeah um duncan thanks so much for for taking the time um i messed up the timing for this interview so i appreciate that you're able to jump on in short notice great to talk to you about this stuff Do you just want to plug anything else whenever let everyone know where they can find uh you online, your work, Press Progress, the podcast, the Senate campaign, all the stuff that you're working on right now.
1: Yeah. So I'm an independent journalist based in Edmonton. We cover uh, politics, social movements, and corruption here in Alberta at theprogressreport.ca. We have a podcast and a newsletter that, as well as uh, semi-regular feature content that we either write ourselves or commission from freelancers. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's the pitch, theprogressreport.ca. We have, we, we have continued to podcast, unlike the trader, Rob Rousseau, who is no longer podcasting. I guess you're doing the insurgents I, you? You're just not doing well, 49th Parallel Hell.
0: The thing is, I actually am. Yeah, too. I, I retired for like two weeks. It was like one of these like wrestling retirements because now I'm just taking <laughs> – I'm going to take this conversation we're having now and just turn it into podcast form. So it's just I, – I slightly shifted the the brand and the name and everything, but I'm back in the, I'm back in the oh, podcast yeah. content. Cause you've got the
1: everybody. Rob Rousseau show, right? That's right. Like like that's you, what this you, is. You, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. Well then I, I have, I have to update my podcast subscription. Yeah. I wanted to right. center
0: the real, the real thing that everyone really tunes in for, you know, it's, I want to make sure everyone knows. Uh, everyone yeah. Knows like fuck,
1: you don't want to be just limited to Canada. You know what I mean? You yeah. to branch out.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, thanks once again, Duncan, Duncan. It was great to talk to you. Um, so have a great, have a great rest of your day. I'll talk to you later.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Cheers. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Rob Rousseau Show. If you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon.com slash Rob Rousseau. Please also make sure you check out the Harbinger Media Network at harbingermedianetwork.com. TRRS airs live on Twitch three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to four. So if you enjoyed this show, please join the community over there and ask about the friendship triangle. That's all for now. This is your friend Rob Rousseau signing off. Take care. Bye.